Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Men's Room Podcast with myself, Trav. And myself, Maz. Welcome. Welcome indeed. So, so why are we here today, Maz? What are we doing? You know what? We, we asked ourselves this. We, we recorded <laughs> one of the podcasts a week ago, and we're now asking ourselves the question, have we got another one in us? Oh. Uh, and you know what? Yes, we have. We've got many. We have, because I, I remembered my T-shirt today. So oh, you did? So we absolutely have got yeah, yeah. one in us. So, <laughs> so, uh, so those of you watching on YouTube, um, you probably have a bit of a uh, precursor to what we're going to discuss today. We want to introduce a special guest in about 15 minutes, uh, uh, and they will be discussing their project, uh, Project Rewild. Yes, indeed. Take Action Man. And we wanted to do a bit of a preamble on catching up about what we talked about last week uh, and laying the foundation, really, of, um, of what this project is about. Uh, so we're um, funded by East Sussex County Council, Yep. Uh, the delivery of this project, Men's Health Project and Wellbeing Project, is by HVA, yes. Hastings Voluntary Action. Absolutely. And uh, and we become sort of advocates, um, and we're, we're trying to sort of build more of a network of men in this area to support a wider selection of age, age ranges, um, introduce concepts such as understanding anxiety, depression, yep. addiction, uh, and really building a... a a, a, a pathway for for those men to kind of um, understand themselves and where they can get help. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's sort of demystifying it, breaking down uh, the stigmas, really sort of just working through um, everything everything that is important about this conversation. Mm. And we've been quite um, active uh, over the last few weeks, generally in Hastings and St Leonard's, mm-hmm. uh, around sort of building up some of our brand. Uh, we have been presenting to local commissioners as well, uh, associated with um, Hastings Voluntary Action, to basically sort of build this brand into a wider um, movement yep. um, around East Sussex. Uh, and then, hopefully, the world! The world! Well. It's a pink so, brain, isn't it? Yes, indeed. <laughs> so it's also still November. So November is uh, Movember month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of that movement has been... Uh, around sort of building awareness around mental health, uh, around uh, also um, cancer, yep. uh, prostate cancer, prostate cancer, and, cancer. and testi- testicular yep. cancer. Testicular. Indeed. So checking the chaps yes. uh, regularly and basically sort of making aware uh, that these things are not just, not just happen in November, but ultimately sort of building awareness around um, uh, East Sussex and the world, really, no, exactly uh, that. during the November period. So I've decided I'm going to walk 200 kilometres mm-hmm. this month. Uh, I'm 115 kilometres in. Nice. Uh, it's the 17th of November. Uh, the dog is knackered, um, and I've um, not done much work because of it, uh, but it's for a good cause. Absolutely. Uh, I've raised £300 out that of my, my £500 target. Nice. So... Nice. Um, and there will be um, links um, on those links on socials where people can uh, support you and, and show some love and sponsor you. Yes, uh, it'll also be in the description of the podcast as well to to show Maz some love. Indeed, and uh, I will be posting my personal bank details because it just it's, it'll be resting in my account before yep. it goes to the November <laughs> dudes, uh, just for a short while. That's right. Yeah, just um, long enough to get a bit of interest. Absolutely, yeah. it's all about interest. We're trying to we're trying to promote interest as as well as gain interest. Yes, yeah. now that interest rates are <laughs> pretty high. So going back to the Movember um, uh, piece, essentially it was very interesting to see what Movember um, represents. And it, there's one quote, and I quoted it last week. Uh, I just wanted to, to repeat it really. Every November is home to Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. Men experience disproportionately high rates of suicide, mm-hmm. with death by suicide being the biggest killer of men under the age of 50 in the UK. There are many reasons why men might talk less about mental health, such as societal expectations of masculinity. And we want to make sure that every time we go off on our tangents, we come back to this core theme. And we want to make sure that everything that we kind of like propose as, uh, as solutions, maybe, mm. yep. to, uh, to discovering more about how to uh, combat uh, this theme, the more we kind of need to make sure that we keep that theme um, alive. So yes. um, what we intend to do uh, on a weekly basis, um, is we're going to build up a number of podcasts that are information portals. Yep. Yep. So this will be the first one, uh, and we, we want to kind of build up um, 
a resource that can be accessed online, as well as this is an audiovisual resource that you're hearing and, and seeing at the moment yeah. uh, for local community ventures. So, you know, you gaining access as a man potentially in need to local community ventures and crisis centers, et cetera. So we're, we're basically talking to a lot of the organizations that, mm-hmm. that operate in this, in this county yeah. already, and we're trying to sort of connect them together uh, and make sure that they're accessible to you, uh, the men in need. I would like to touch on a bit about what we've done today. Because yeah. um, it's, it's been, you know, we had the, the Hastings Voluntary Action um, AGM today. Uh, and we was uh, in front of, uh, what was it, around about 20 or so yeah, people. Just odd. essentially just explaining and, and talking about what, what we've been doing and, and, and what it's all about. And the interest, I think, was is quite well received. Yes, I, it know, was. I had a couple of people approach me uh, wanting to talk about uh, how they can get involved. I had one guy coming up to me saying that he's actually got an initiative that he's wanting to start up and can we support him in that? And I'm Good. like, absolutely, yes, you can. You know, get in touch through the socials and that. And no, I think it was... It was it was nice. It was also nice for for the guys at HVA to sort of really witness what we've what we've been doing as well. I mean, obviously, yeah. tr- Jason and Teresa being so sort of closely um, communicating with us in it anyway. But for the you know for Peter and, and the rest of the guys, yeah. so I think it's a great great opportunity for them. So uh, going back to our key theme, um, I kind of wanted to uh, introduce some of the audiovisual things that are available out mm. in the out very very fr- and everything we refer to is kind of free so yep. what we want to do is make sure that you can access free resources uh, and learn more about potential conditions that you may be feeling or potential feelings you may be feeling yep. and i sort of picked up on uh, quite a few uh, things on youtube actually uh, that are really um really interesting quite refreshing but also can kind of unlock some of the potential feelings that you you, you might feel you're not alone when you're feeling these things and pe- mm. other people do understand uh, that these feelings that be- you potentially have are um, exist and they're not just existing in your head, they're actually, you know, a lot of other men feel the same way. So I was going to point out a few things online and just to sort of make a note really and we'll publish whatever we talk yep. about, we'll publish on our socials yep. so you can have links to uh, places on YouTube and, and other podcasts, etc. But I picked up on one video that I thought was that resonated hugely on YouTube is it's called I had a little black dog or living with a black dog so there's two videos essentially uh published on YouTube if you type into YouTube I had a black dog it really does explain uh a lot of um a lot of feelings that essentially you as a man potentially could be feeling but can't explain yeah Hey folks, Trav here with a little post-production edit. Uh, Maz just mentioned about a little YouTube video called Living With A Black Dog. It's a fantastic video and I strongly suggest that all of you go and check it out. The link is in our description on the podcast. However, I thought it might be worthwhile just add, adding a little snippet to the audio podcast so that you can have a listen to, to what's involved. The clip is around about 1 minute and 53 seconds long, so feel free to skip ahead by just under two minutes if you've heard it before or if you're not that interested but uh, otherwise enjoy and uh, enjoy the rest of the podcast bye what not to say or do you may well be right when you say it's all in your head but don't say it leave that up to the professionals be a man this certainly doesn't help especially if they are one already depression is an illness not a sign of weakness Don't be an armchair general who gives unfounded advice and orders. Being thoughtful and kind will never go amiss, but don't try and jolly them along. It can often make them feel worse. Don't point out that there are people in this world far worse off than them. It just adds to their feelings of guilt and hopelessness. Good things to say and do. Be sensitive about how you approach the subject. A lot of people aren't used to talking about their mental health or lack of it. Crossing that line simply means you care. Try not talking. Instead, grow your ears and open your heart. Really being there for someone without opinion or judgment is one of the best gifts you can ever give. Encourage them to seek a professional opinion and offer to help find a good doctor, make an appointment, and even going with them can be hugely beneficial. Encourage any form of regular exercise. Fitness robs the dog of its power. Help them develop a strategy to simplify their life, both at home and at work. 
Stress is one of the biggest drivers of depression. Less stress means less dog. Make them a ditch the dog box. Encourage them to fill it with favourite photographs, letters or anything that reminds them of what's good in their life. Include a dog journal. Here they can plot how they're feeling, acknowledge progress, record the things they're grateful for and set doable goals. And now we return to our normally scheduled programme, the rest of the podcast episode two. Thank you for your time. See you soon. And I think once you see these these videos, you kind of will get it. Yeah. And also a very good resource to point to people and men that might also be feeling a similar way, but don't understand what they're feeling as well. Yeah. So I thought I, I found them very useful. Um, and also from a local perspective, and you can see this through the HVA website, um, the Men United film that was made about yes. Hastings and St. Leonard's. Uh, probably just after COVID, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. I think we've actually, I've actually linked that and, and got that on our YouTube channel as it is yes, anyway. you do. Because it was um, an fa absolutely fantastic video, really sort of highlighting a lot of um, local voices. And it's, yeah. yeah, very powerful, very powerful stuff. Yeah. And uh, again, this is, you know, all of this is meant to, uh, to resonate with the local community. So what we want to do is, is, and as, again, in the coming weeks, we intend to interview a lot more local community members, whether they're people associated with organisations like the ones we met today, yep. the uh, AGM for, for HVA, or individuals that have experiences that they want to share and that, you know, also tell us about their journey of how they kind of combated some of those ex experiences. Mm. Um, another thing just to pick up on, and it's the last thing on the sort of YouTube um, accessible content to look at is very recently Norwich City. Oh, what a video! Released a video with like mm. a little advert about um, two men sitting in a football match, uh, and it is incredibly well done. Mm. Uh, and again, just look up Norwich City, um, you are not alone um, at, on, on, on YouTube, and it will honestly, it's like 90 seconds of one of the most powerful videos I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of them videos that I wish I could watch for the first time again. Yeah. It's powerful, very powerful. And just to describe, really, and I'm not going to give anything away, really, it, it's all about understanding the quiet man. Yes. So the quiet man who is struggling, who doesn't let anyone know that he's got issues or he has things bubbling under or that he's sad or that he's lonely and you can be lonely and still surrounded by people Absolutely, at the end yeah. of the day yeah. and I think it illustrates that hugely because that's the sort of thing that, that that's one of the themes that we want to pursue mm. with this initiative is to is to get through to the quiet man yes and to make sure that the quiet man understands that there is support out there that he should be able to access yeah uh, and to and, and to make sure also that people around the quiet man under, can see some of the signs that, that they need to be aware of. Yeah. Um, so these are just sort of uh, things that we've picked up on and we've researched and we kind of reshare around some of the accessible content that you can see online that mm. you, know, you can explore if you do feel um, a certain isolation or a certain difference in the way that you're feeling as a man. No, exactly that. I mean, um, that's, that's again leads on to sort of what we're overall overarching sort of theme is just understanding the signs. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's it's not so much the fact that men don't talk. It's just men. You know, we don't necessarily understand the way that men talk. You know, and it's lis it's about listening to what's not said sometimes. Mm. Yeah, like you say with the quiet man. Yeah they are generally screaming out loud, but it's in a way that is just not obvious, you know, and it's it's about understanding those signs. So people are more sort of keyed in to to go, ah, I recognise that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so a continuance of that, it's about what we are in coming weeks, we'll try and build a demystification around all of these things, yeah. how they differ from each other and essentially how, you know, you can meet each one of these challenges with some um some initiatives that yep. can that can help ultimately. Yes. things like the, the subjects outside of outside of that are, are stress understanding stress understand and understanding depression anxiety understanding how to deal with bereavement uh and also sort of building some spiritual guidance as well and also healthy eating and exercise uh, we met a very interesting uh, company today that was based in East Sussex that was all about building a 
um, more sustainable uh, food cycle mm. around East Sussex. And our guest will probably touch upon this as yeah. well in a yeah. few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so all of these subjects are actually sort of part of the process of healing to a That's certain right, degree. Yeah. And it's not just one size fits all when, you, when you're feeling some of these things. There are, it is a combination of a lot of these things that we'd recommend you build into your mm. sort of structure of, of, uh, of healing. So that is something that we want to kind of continue um, every week to kind of build up some of, the, some of that information. Yep. And then subjects that we are going to cover, so just sort of go, going through the subjects that we are going to cover, you know, we are going to have an episode purely about spirituality yep, yep. and what that means and yep. break that down. Uh, we are going to cover bipolar disorder. Yes. Uh, we're going to cover grief management. Yep. We're going to demystify, as we say, some of the jargon that is built around mental health. Yep. And I think that can be a confusing element in itself. Absolutely, it? yeah. Because it's, 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 there's, so, there's already so much sort of negativity around all of these things. Um, you know, there's so, there's so much, uh, again, stigma around mm. these things that even to mention to someone that, well, I think you might have a bit of a mental health problem there, it's already going to get their defences up. No, no, I, no, I haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm not a dangerous person. And it's like, no, okay, let's just sit down and talk about it. And mm. that's exactly what we need to, that's what we sort of want to try and do. Yeah. And things like eating habits as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly that. You know, they're, they're, they're illnesses. A lot of these things are illnesses that need yeah. to be understood. I mean, it's understood. like, it's, 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 it's um, self-care you know, and, and self-kindness is, is what it sort of breaks down to. And it's a lot of how you feel within yourself. It does revolve around the way your lifestyle, it rolls around what you eat. You know, yeah. if, you, if you're eating a lot of pre, uh, pre-processed food or fatty foods, you're going to feel sluggy. You're going to feel generally down. If, you, if you're not doing much in the way of getting fresh air or exercise, then you're going to go a bit sort of stir crazy, stuck within your own four walls. But when you start eating a bit better, chucking a bit of fresh fruit and veg into the mix, mm. going out on an afternoon walk or something like that, it's it's incredible how quickly you you, you don't even notice. It's, it is a gradual a gradual improvement, but there will come a point where you'll go, oh, wow, okay, I haven't felt like X in, in quite a long time. And then yeah. when you look at it, it's because of you, the choices that you, and, and changes that you made in lifestyle. So, And what I found with all those things that you just mentioned was it builds a purpose. That's right. So if you set yourself, I mean, I set myself this 200K thing for November, but actually it was about me setting myself a purpose for the month. That's right, yeah. You know, and if, I, if, if then you sort of, not only you're kind of letting people down if you don't hit that mark, but you're letting yourself down. So what you do is you find excuses to try and hit that. Yeah. So next month I'm going to set myself 250K. Yeah, and it's not absolutely. necessarily about a charity, but I'm going to sort of set myself goals that I can achieve. And all the things that you talked about, about eating, about, you know, um, uh, building your, you know, physical health yeah. uh, as well. And it's not necessarily physical health as going to the gym or, you know, kind of going for a run. It's any, just anything that gets you your heart started and your heart motivated and getting your heart sort of uh, pumping for a, a few minutes a day. And, you know, that that sort of builds a bit more. Mate, I mean, um, taking a, a bit of a leaf out of, out of my mum's book, um, she would do exercises in the home where she'd just go up and down stairs, up and down stairs, and then she'd do two steps, two steps, two steps, you know, and mm. she'd do that for sort of like 15 minutes, half an hour a day. Um, or, or throughout sort of various periods throughout the day, and, and that would just get her sort of blood pumping, you know, mm. and, it, and, and it worked. It, it, was, it was massively beneficial for her. Yeah. But, you know, that's the thing. You don't have to go outside, you know. I mean, if you live in a top-floor flat like I do, okay, so, yeah, you got, like, the stairs up and down through the flat, or even just literally get a step board, put some headphones in, and just step up, step down, step up, step down, 10, 15 minutes. It's, you don't have to go far, you don't have to do much to, to, to make that change. It's yeah. all about actually actively wanting to make that change. And that sometimes is the hardest hurdle to overcome because it's the Great. effort. And that's not saying that in a negative way. It's saying that in a realistic way because when you're feeling down and you're feeling blue or if you're depressed, the last thing you've got is any effort for anything, yeah. even opening your eyes. Yeah. You know, So it's... And that's where the self-care, the self-kindness and, and, and that sort of self-discipline mm. comes into it. Yeah, it's very structural as a, mm. um, one of the um, things that you, you can sort of access. And again, through things like Health in Mind yeah. and the NHS is uh, cognitive therapy, yes. which essentially is an idea that you structure your day and you structure it with uh, exercise 20 minutes here, mm. you know, 
stay away from a screen for two hours. Uh, put your phone down for an hour. Um, you know, have some have have some break from anything uh, uh, that's you know domestic or work related. Yeah. And then basically, you build yourself a diary for the week and try and stick to it. That's it. At the end of the week, you tick box right. Yeah, I did go for two walks that day. I did put my phone down. I did, you know, make sure I got a lunch break. All of these things actually build structure, which I think now in the modern world, structure is a bit flimsy around the working environment because yeah. if you're working from home, and look, I work from home 75% of the time. No Sometimes structure. my structure is like, you know, it's <laughs> it's variable. Yeah. So, so again, we need structure as humans and, mm. and that sort of um, structure gives you purpose and that purpose gives you the will to kind of, you know, make an effort. Exactly that. I mean, you can also use technology. I mean, put your phone down. Yes, absolutely. But you can also use your phone to help you on this journey because you can almost sort of set yourself alarms at times throughout mm. the day to just remind you and prompt you. Right. So, you know, half past uh, nine in the morning. I don't know. Obviously, if you're not at work, uh, have a glass of water. Uh, two o'clock in the afternoon, take a break from screens, go look at a tree, uh, you know, and, and so you set yourself alarms throughout the day to remind you to, you know, ha have a cold shower, have a glass of water, go for a 15-minute walk, um, you know, say something nice about yourself. I mean, gratitude lists are also immensely powerful tools because if you can start a gratitude list, things that you're thankful for, I'm thankful for the friends I have, I'm thankful for my health, I'm thankful for my glorious beard. Mm. If you can create a list of things that you're thankful for, you're, 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 you're changing your, the way that you, you, the negative cycle that you might be in. Rather than focusing on negative things, you're looking at positive things. So if you can build that into your daily structure, just set an alarm and say, write three things positive about your day. Mm. And it's all, it's all part of it, you know, and it's, it's once you start doing it, you're going to sort of realise that you're going to need the alarms and prompts less and less because it becomes habitual, becomes the schedule that, yeah. that we've been missing. Yeah. I have to say, I have to admit, I, when I, I missed a schedule, mm. and as, as soon as I put myself in a more scheduled yeah. Um, way of life, I definitely sort of it definitely picked up my energy. It makes all the difference. Yeah, it does make all the difference, and that structure, and it's uh, you know, twenty four hour news cycle. I remember, I remember being as a kid. Bedtime was when the Flintstones finished, and before the news at six. Do you yep. know what I mean? But now it's like twenty four hour news, twenty four hour everything. So. Yeah. so there's no time to switch off, is there? Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. Even when we go to bed, we've got we got the telly in our hand. You know, mm. so that's where we read a book. Absolutely. Of, of yes. Yeah. More on that soon. <laughs> yes. Well, we got some ideas around that. We one, have indeed. Yes. <laughs> Christmas spoilers. Is Christmas is coming. Um, so the last few things I was going to pick up on, uh, and we're going to take a break soon and introduce our guest, um, is uh, other subjects that we're going to sort of bring up. We haven't touched upon um, the LGBTQ no. community and and diversification mm. and um, and and everything that is. Very relevant for even from a generational point of view. Yeah. So, so there's a big matrix of who we're sort of trying to speak to here, and the matrix is obviously age related. It's it's gender still, and it's also you know everything from a diverse um, uh, classification. And these are the things that we didn't even I don't think we even mentioned it last week. I don't. And I think, think there's we did. there's a huge uh, need for I suppose men also have very much a, sometimes a. Uh, a preset mm. uh, attitude of certain things that are unusual to them yep. and alien to them. And I think we need to sort of break down those barriers a lot and actually be a lot more humanistic. I see in the youngsters, so my kids go to school and, you know, when I grew up in, in Newcastle in 1970s, uh, there was zero tolerance for any sort of diversity no, exactly. whatsoever yeah you know and it's a very it was a, you had to almost like engage with it yeah. yourself otherwise you became the one that was unusual and i think now kids are very very accepting about sort of diversity you know, they're, they're going to grow up to be a, a, a much more sort of uh uh or less severely influen influenced mm. generation yeah they're going to be influenced by you know morality i think a lot more yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing you know i think it's um Things that were, for lack of a better phrase, unacceptable um, back in back in back in the day when we mm. when we were lads, 
are almost like, well, I can't believe you didn't accept that now. And again, in 10, 15, 20 years' time, things that now are, are sort of problematic will be like, well, why did you have a problem with that? And mm-hmm. that's just natural evolution. But it is wonderful to witness how openly, how comfortable someone can feel turning around and saying, you know, I identify as this or, you know, I'm gay or... or mm. um, and the acceptance, you know, I mean, my, my, my eldest at secondary school is like, well, yeah, and it's, it's cool. Okay, well done. When yep. are we going to go play football? Yeah. You know, whereas when I was a kid, it would have been like, ha you know, and, and mm. relentless mockery. And whether that was from a place of, of, of love or whether it was from a place of hatred, the, the, the fact that it was, it was mockery based on misunderstanding and misconception. And it is nice that that is changing. But yes, we do absolutely need to discuss that more because there's still a challenge out there for the the LGBTQ community. Yep, there is, absolutely. So we're going to pick up on a lot of these themes in the coming weeks and we're going to try and make things much more structured. And we're going to be very focused, maybe right. in one of the one of the, the subject matters on a on a weekly basis. Yep. So thank you. We're going to take a break now, yep. and when we come back, we're going to have a special guest, and we'll do the intros then. Lovely. So we'll see you soon. See you, Sean. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And we are back, we and are we back. have a special guest with us today. Do indeed. Uh, Mr. Luke Funnel, who uh, runs a project called Project Rewild. Yes. And also a project that you may see in the background over there called Take Action Man. Why don't you tell us about um, uh, the project that you've, uh, that you've created and started and you're running now. Um, start with Project Rewild, and then we might talk about Take Action Man. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me. It's an honour to be on. Um, yeah, so I mean, Project Rewild is the bigger umbrella company. I started five years ago. It was um, initially it was more about children, mm-hmm. uh, getting children outside more. Um, it's come around from kind of twenty years of experience working with kids and teenagers of all ages, um, especially as a youth worker working with teenagers with um, a lot of um, emotional behavioural problems. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I guess I started it because. I, having worked with children so long, I, when I worked with them in nature, it was just so much more powerful, um, building relationships in nature. I just found it inspiring and profound. So I wanted to create something where I could make it accessible for people to come out and get the support they need in nature. Mm-hmm. The other thing was just I had my own young children at the time, mm-hmm. and they were, I was just kind of worried me that they were going to grow up in a world where children weren't playing outside anymore yeah. um, because I, could, I, I know the benefit of um, time in nature. So it was set up, um, yeah, about five years ago mm-hmm. and the, the, the children's work grew. We worked in lots of local schools and lots of community work um, and then kind of moved on to the adult work. So we've done a lot of, um, a lot of groups for all adults in our community and then couple of years ago there was some um funding from mind for men's work mm-hmm. uh, so I, I thought that'd be a great opportunity to take on a personal passion of mine and, and start a men's group which mm. is this take action man yeah. um and yes yeah, so, so from then the with that part of the project take action man that's that's grown it's been fantastic to be a part of it's been really inspiring for me to get involved and, and facilitate this and just watch it grow way beyond me that's the wonderful thing about it. Um, yeah, we're really proud of what it's doing at the moment, yeah. Great. Yeah. I know you host, um, uh, certainly the Project Rewell. Uh, uh, we've got some commonality, haven't we? You host uh, some of that on a Wednesday, don't you, for the kids? At yeah. Hand, Hands of Hope Charity. Yeah, yeah, over at Hope Farm, yeah. Yeah, we're really enjoying it over there. It's a yeah, great place, good. yeah. Um, t- so tell us about, because um, there's a concept behind um, also that, you're, that you seem passionate about, um, Around the sort of supporting of supportiveness of land as well, and and the reap and, and how land is treated, so you're you're kind of um, building almost a uh, an education piece for children to try and respect land. I suppose is that yeah yeah I think that's fair yeah um, well I think it's all interconnected. It's um, 
when you look at the concept of rewilding in its essence, um, it's about often um, reintroducing a natural species that could be plants, trees, animals, um, into an ecosystem to improve biodiversity. Mm. Um, so I, I've been involved in rewilding work and conservation work for a lot of years, but I think it's the same with human beings. I think, um, I think what we're ultimately trying to do is reintroduce human beings back into their natural habitat. Yeah to improve biodiversity, to, to improve our relationship with the natural world so we can understand it and care about it and look after it. Because ultimately nobody's going to look after or care about something they don't have a relationship with. Yeah. So building that emotional connection with the natural world is, is key to everything we're doing. And that leads on to um, growing food in a sustainable way through permaculture methods. It, mm -hmm. it moves on to conservation work and protecting natural environments. And throughout all of our work, we're teaching young people, children, and not so teaching, inspiring them to care about and have a relationship with the natural world so they will look after it. And you find, that pr presumably, in a um, more rural environment, there's more access to those sort of landscapes that you can bring children to. But what, what about the challenges of an urban environment? So, yeah, this is a really good point you make. Um, well, in Hastings, where we're mainly based, um, we are quite lucky. There's a lot of lo lovely natural wild spaces. Mm. Um, even in council estates where we work a lot, there's still amazing woodlands and little green spaces. I think the project was set up to be accessible, so we want to take it to people in their communities. So somewhere like Hollington, where I grew up, um, Although there's a lot of social deprivation there, there's also amazing woods and green spaces and wonderful places to go. That we hang out, we hung out as kids all the time. Yeah. So, allowing local children and local adults to come and be care about their own natural environment is really close to them. That's really important to me. Um, even if it's very small pieces of nature, look somewhere you can set up little growing spaces on old playgrounds and things like that. It can be done all over the place. Mm. You don't have to be... Um, it, it's lovely to be out in beautiful woodlands and wild spaces, but that's not always possible. We understand that. So it's about bringing it to people. And you say, I mean, Hastings St. Then is possibly has quite a few spaces that you can utilise, but, you know, the challenges, I suppose, in the modern world is a lot of those green... Uh, pastures and we saw it with Priory Meadow let's yeah. just say yeah. it was converted into a shopping centre and it was a cricket pitch beforehand yeah. it's it an open space essentially accessible to public so yeah. the, those spaces are presumably shrinking yeah not necessarily in Hastings and Leonard's but generally you know in inner city so the opportunities of children having access to those open spaces is shrinking is it yeah it's shrinking yeah it's shrinking all the time I think we're all very aware of um the alarming rate of uh wild spaces, green spaces, ancient woodlands that are diminishing um, in our country and all over. In fact, the UK has the, I think it's the second um, lowest rate of woodland in the whole of Europe. Um, it's, it's really poor, actually. Um, I can't remember the exact stats, so I won't make them up, but it's very low. Mm. Um, and disappearing all the time, but this is, what, this is why it's vital and, and so um, important that our children and everyone is... is is finding that relationship with nature. So they do care about it. So they don't want, as they grow up, they're not going to want these things to happen. Mm. They're not going to see these green spaces destroyed. They're going to be the, the decision makers of, our, of the future. Yeah. So we need them to care and have that relationship. Because if they don't have it, we've got no chance. Our, our survival as a species literally depends on our relationship with nature right now. Yeah, and we see that as well with, you know, the global warming and weather situation as well that's happening. Absolutely, you know, we're yeah. We're abusing the land that we live in yeah. and the sea. And, and going back to something slightly more cheery, sorry. Mm. <laughs> uh, it, what do you actually do with the kids? So what, when you're sort of taking them out into a, 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 that, that landscape, what sort of activities do you do? Um, very little, actually. Mm. Um, the, part of the key to the work is allowing children spaciousness to be children, yeah. mm. to build a relationship with nature. Um, we, do, we, we, learn, we learn about... Um, the natural spaces, ecosystems, trees, plants. We do lots of foraging. Um, in, in some groups, like the one on Wednesday, we do food growing as well and harvesting. Amazing. Um, so it's all about understanding the natural environment around you better, um, knowing that you can go out and, and find food. You can forage food all year round. You can grow food and harvest it. You can... Um, make things you can craft things that nature just gives us so much back mm. um so a lot of it's educating 
children on, on their relationship with nature through, through doing and understanding. But like I said at the beginning of that question, we also step back a lot. Mm-hmm. We just let them play and climb trees and get muddy and yeah. just build a relationship with nature. I think that's the part of it, isn't it? Because in order to sort of uh, really, truly appreciate nature, you have to first sort of find your own understanding of nature. And I think if... uh, I mean, I I spent a lot of time as a kid um, wandering around Fairlight with my cousin, walking a dog, you know, we'd sort of get into all sorts of mischief, uh, find trees to climb and all that jazz. And I gained a a large sort of love and respect uh, for being one with nature. And I think that's something that kids don't appreciate now. And when we talk about sort of getting kids back into nature, it can almost feel like a bit of a chore. So, yeah, Yeah. taking that approach of allowing the child to explore their own understanding, I think, is is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is for young young children, essentially, what... um, Primary school age? What, no, your... all age children. Um, we work with toddlers uh, right through to teenagers, oh, young adults. Yeah, every age we work with. So do you yeah. work a lot with the schools locally? Do you sort of engage with them? Or yeah, we work in local schools. We work in primary schools. We do a lot of um, alternative provision groups for secondary schools as well. Mm-hmm. Um, done a lot of work in St. Leonard's Academy and Arch Alexandra. Um, so yeah, across the board, yeah, all ages. Oh, cool. And then sort of moving up, through the gears, take action, man. Yes. So how did that, again, how did that come about? You know, you said that you had an interest factor that this sort of, this really motivated you to kind of start some movement around this. Yeah. What was the sort of background of it and what's it developed into? So yeah, take action, man. It is, it was a really exciting project for me to start. Um, I guess mainly because I'm a man. Um, mm. I am a middle-aged man and I do. So are we all. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as you know, I mean, life just gets hard. And, mm. and, and I, I really, I've struggled with my mental health and my well-being a lot as I've got older. Um, and but one of the things for me personally that helped me is doing um, a few years of uh, kind of deep nature ecology, nature connection work, really learning to build my relationship with nature again. Mm. Um, and it, it was so empowering and profound for me to go through these experiences and these processes that... Um, I wanted to share that with other people in the hope that it might help others. It might, it, it, I think if people can understand and feel their connection to the natural world again, um, it, it just opens up so much in us. And I'm so passionate about that, mm. uh, that I really want to facilitate and open spaces for men and everyone mm. to, to experience these things. With the men's group, Take Action Man, we do, the idea was to make it accessible. Um, because you read lots of literature on the idea that men don't engage yep. in a lot of men's work. Yep. Um, so I looked at, I, I knew I wanted to do outdoor stuff, cause that's what I do, but I looked at um, some research that Mind had done yep. on things that men want to do. And some of the biggest ones were all nature-based things. So fishing was one of the highest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, walking and hiking, um, going into the woods, bushcraft was quite high. Um, so kind of took that, took the things I, was, I thought I could offer that I was good at and then found other men around me that were good at offering alternative things that I couldn't offer. So mm. we started off with doing, um, I ran bushcraft and survival days in the woods just to get men out having fun, mm. playing in the woods, learning new skills. Um, and we had um, hike, uh, hiking and walking days, um, which a friend of mine leads all over the East Hill and the Fire Hills. Mm. Um, we have fishing days. I can't Love fish that. at all, mm. personally, but I've got a guy who's an amazing fisherman, and he, he does the fishing groups, yeah, 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 um, yeah. and they're really popular. Is um, it sea fishing? Sea fishing, yeah. Uh-huh. We live in Hastings. It's so good. Oh, to, yeah, we've absolutely. got that amazing yeah. resource yeah. there. It's there. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of the, the amount of men who've come to those groups have never fished mm. in Hastings. Well, I'm one of them. But, I've never fished. But yeah. it's amazing. to Once they go and have that experience, they really enjoy it. Mm. Um, and we do, um, so th- it started with those and then it kind of grew. So we then we, now we do cold water swimming amazing. sessions because that's amazing. It's been amazing for my mental health mm-hmm. and, and a lot of men get so much from it. Uh, we also meet up once a month for a fire circle, which is just one evening every month where it's a chance just to come and sit around a fire in the woods um, and just talk openly. Yeah. You've um, got one coming up in December, is it? 11th of December, was it? Uh, I think so. Yes, yeah, the second Monday of every month. Mm, mm, mm. Um, 
so yeah, the fire circles are amazing. They're much that's much more a space to really speak openly and be mm. held in a in the middle of a woods. Um, so that's great. And we also so we do all that, and it's kind of expanded out into do other, doing other things as well. But it's all nature based. It's all accessible. It's all around Hastings and St Leonard's. Yeah. Um, all free, obviously. Um, and the only other element we put into it was the online support group, um, just because I was aware that having these things is great, but there has to be somewhere for men to kind of arrange meetups, share photos, like yeah. get to know each other a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so we've got that as well. Um, yeah, so that's some, some of the well, stuff we do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, d- I, I didn't know about the, uh, the online support group, I don't think. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's really interesting because that is, that is something that I think is, is, is hugely beneficial as you say, giving men that sort of ability to be able to arrange things and just sort of find a place online to be able to say, uh, you know, guys, is there anyone about? You know, because yeah. like, it's, it's all well and good having friends, text messages and all that sort of thing, but not everyone is available all the time sort of thing. No, you know? absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, that was key. I mean, we also, I mean, apart from the, the practical skills, so that was the thing that makes it accessible. Mm-hmm get things that men want to do and then they'll come that was my idea and it, it worked they're popular groups um but then beyond that it, it's opening up space the, the longer we've been with the men so it's over two years now the longer we've been with them the more we can open the groups up to bigger deeper discussions yep. around their problems what they're suffering with everyone can speak openly it's a safe place but also helping people um empowering people and giving them the tools to um, support themselves away from the groups. So, yeah. so learning about your nervous system, learning yeah. about breathing exercises, um, giving people, yeah, just just empowering them to be able to come away from the groups mm. and still kind of do okay. Yeah, that, that's really important. It's that yeah. self management. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what it is. Um, so that's been a really important part of it, and that's grown. So when we do the men's groups now, we do a lot more kind of. Um, work on our bodies we do a lot more breathing exercises we do a lot more kind of quite um, quite big men's exercises like letting out trauma and yeah, screaming yeah. and shouting and and all the things that um, we wouldn't have done initially because we were trying to make it accessible but the men have been wanting to push at their edges and do more so it's been great to see the way it's grown over the over the two years and the men that have got involved and started offering this stuff because it's not me that does everything mm-hmm. I'm kind of a facilitator for other men to offer their skills now, which is yeah. amazing. So, um, yeah, it's it's not always the same men. There's, there's some men that come to lots of stuff. There's some men that might just come to the things they like. Mm. Like some men just come to fishing and some, mm. some men just come to fire circles. Um, but I think what's been good about it is, like, especially the fire circle, because it's just there every month mm-hmm. for all the weathers, all seasons, it's there. Men don't come every month. They come when they need it because they know it's there. And it's a lot, actually. It's come to a circle and share um, very personal stuff is a lot. So you don't always want to keep coming because that's a a big thing to do. But when you need it, it's there. And I really like that. So men come and go. um, And it's great. There's no no pressure on anyone to keep coming every month. Um, so we do take new people on, yeah. We, I think we've worked with about 150 men over the last two years. That's amazing. Um, and yeah, so it's, some come a lot, some don't come back again. Maybe they don't enjoy it. But in, in general, it's, um, I just like the fact that it goes on and then people can come when they want to. Are you able to share like a, a sort of success story that this, this is kind of created? Or is there, is there someone that's been through this cycle, been, been through that, and this, it's really helped them and... You don't have to mention who they are, but you know, yeah, at the end nice. of the day, the, the, the sort of results factor yeah. is, is really important. And it all sounds, I mean, you know, I think I want to go to the next one. <laughs> I'd love to, love to get involved. Yeah. Um, love, to, love to come across one but, of them. But it's about, you know, you're get, you definitely know that there's a results, you know, that the, it, it produces results yeah, yeah. Uh, f- throughout this process. And Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to pick out a person. Um, we get so many stories from men. When I did ask for feedback, when we had to do the report at the end of the last load of funding, mm-hmm. we just got so much amazing feedback. And I, I didn't even realise the effect it was having on some of these men. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so middle-aged men, that are, uh, one, one comes to mind, um, an older guy who's uh, divorced and not with his family anymore and been through a lot of depression and sadness around that. Um, but coming to the groups has given him a new lease of life. He's made friends. Um, and, for, and he said, for the first time, I've been able to be with men again mm. since he was a young man. Because mm. that happens a lot for older men, obviously. You, you, once you have a family, you often lose your connections with your male friends. So 
he would say coming to a place with other men and building friendships with men mm-hmm. has been really empowering for him, really big thing. Um, and there's just there's so many, even young men. We have a, uh, I remember one guy who's 28. Um, he said he was really, really lonely because um, he'd finished his, uh, his university, but he didn't have any male friends. And he said he didn't like going out drinking, so there was no way of making male friends, he didn't feel. So he came and he made male friends, made connections, learned new skills, and he was incredibly grateful for the group. I love all these individual stories that people give us mm. where they've, they've struggled through whatever's happened in their life, through, through death of partners, some of the men, like divorce, through trauma, through... Um, physical disability and pain through losing jobs, all of the things these men are coming with and childhood trauma. Mm. Um, but it can all be shared. And the sharing, you, you realise that so many men are going through the same thing. And that's what, with, with all men's work, which I know you guys have been touching on, mm. it's knowing that you're not alone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when men come and they sit around that circle and they start sharing it, opens up for everyone else to share and that's what's so inspiring for me doing the group just that people that men feel safe enough to share all of these very personal traumatic Mm. things that they're going through Mm. and it's held and it's safe because we're all we can all understand yeah um yeah it's 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 been an incredible experience that's that's the strength in a shared experience isn't it it's it's that oh yeah you know the resonation factor it's it's incredible and the struggles that you'll have with Funding. I mean, how do you? I mean, how do you keep this going? Where do you get your funding from? Is is there an opportunity to sort of find funding through a network within, you know, or are you tapping into that already? Yeah, no, I mean, funding is always a challenge. I think for all, all of this work, mm-hmm. um, I know there's lots of people doing good men's work. Um, it's always the same thing. You're in this kind of fight for funding constantly um so take action man was initially funded by mind um so we managed to get a few months through that which is wonderful that was like a trial period and then making it happen funded it for another year um and that's where we really managed to get the substance going um and then the funding ran out so we've been running voluntarily for the last few months um as much as we can we keep we keep the monthly groups going whatever we're not worried about being paid for them but the bigger days it's harder to keep yeah. keep the momentum up um so we are we're just constantly working for funding um tried lots of funding locally and haven't got it um we've got a couple of big bids in at the moment big lottery one um big um suicide prevention bid as well yeah. so constantly constantly trying to get more funding um and we will, because I mean, it's, I've put enough energy in it till it happens. But it is, it is the struggle, definitely. Well, it's about dividing your time between, because again, putting bids in, it's quite an administrative process, isn't it? Yes, yeah, huge. You yeah. know, and, and you, 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 you're trying to deliver the project, but also trying to sort of, you know, build a bid that it, you know, ne- has has a multiple parts to it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. that's got to be a challenge. And I think, you know, we were discussing at the AGM today uh, at, at HVA about how bids can be constructed and what support, you know, smaller ventures mm. need because they haven't got the infrastructure to dedicate someone to just do a bid because you're yeah. trying to deliver the project, you know, yeah. at the same time. So anyone out there who is listening, all 12 of you, who can help Luke, uh, you've got a pricey of what the uh, uh, project's about. And, and I have to say, I mean, the, the iconography... The Take Action Man. Uh, brilliant, I love it. it. it is, and look on Luke's website, Project Rewild website. It's so well done. Mm. And it's so, it, it does sort of sum up the theme of, of what you're delivering as well, really, really well. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. No, thank you. And you've got a set of volunteers that help you, you say. So the guy who does the fishing, you know, people that help you presumably with some of the organisation. Are these these are volunteers, as it as it were, or are they? Yeah, uh, it's a it's a mixture. So um, on the men's group, we started. I started with two of my um, friends and colleagues, but now, and it's men that have come through the men's group. Mm-hmm. So, like I said about the guy who does the fishing, he he came um, and loved fishing and took over the whole fishing stuff, which yep. is amazing. Um, and then another guy who come on the men's group, he was a chef, so he started doing cooking on the days when we're in the woods. And that let, we were doing foraging, he was cooking it. It was amazing. And we're like, you're, I was, I was, you're such an amazing cook. Mm-hmm. So now he does all of the cooking on our kids' days when yeah, we, do, we do free lunches for kids on our days and the holidays. Yeah. And he comes and does them. Um, 
And we've got another man who does a lot of the walking stuff. He initially was a volunteer. We've got men who bring different skills, somatic exercises, breathing Mm. exercises, um, drumming around the circle, things like that. So what I love about the project with this one, Take Action Man, is that um, the men, it's the men's group. So if they've got a skill they want to add to it, they can. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted it to grow out beyond me, which it does now. And that's what, that's what it should That's be. That's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. It's got to be more, it's, it's more than the individual. The movement becomes an entity in, in and of itself. Yeah, it? definitely. So Luke, how do uh, people get in touch? You know, how do, how do they find you? Online or in any way? Yeah, well, we have a, a big online presence. Um, it's all under Project Rewild. So if you put up Project Rewild, um, it will come up on any search engine. Mm-hmm. Um, on the website, you find Take Action Man. Um, contact me directly by phone or email. Um, and we're about, we, we try and get to community events so people can see us and come and talk to us as much mm-hmm. as possible. Um, yeah, just just contact us, have a chat. Um, there's, there's no pressure on any of this. It's not, once you sign up, it's not like you have to be there. It's not mm-hmm. like you have to come every week or commit to anything. It's just, it's a space that's there if you want it. That is something that is so important in, in, in what we're doing and what we're talking about here, just that there is no pressure for anyone to do anything. It is just a thing that people can do should they wish to do it. Yeah. And I think that is that is amazing. It's, it's in discovering what you've done, not just with Project Rewild, but also with Take Action Man. It's, um, it's just one of them things that really lifts your spirits. From the point of view of men's mental health, even just the whole project that you're doing, from my point of view, is just so uplifting and amazing. And I want really, truly want to thank you for what you do. Yeah. Oh, thank you Thanks so much. much. That's really Appreciate kind of you. And we always end, well, we're only two, two episodes in, two we always episodes. end with a bit of a hug, don't we? <laughs> oh, yeah, so we've got to have a three man hug. hug. Yeah. <laughs> Photo opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Luke. Appreciate your time. You're welcome. Yeah, nice it's one. A, Thanks. It's a pleasure. Well,